I saved early. I invested in real estate only because if I can go here and put my money in this, I just considered it a different savings account. You know, my mortgage was like 2,300 bucks a month. It was better than spending like 1,700 bucks for an apartment and throwing it away. That's how I thought of it. And as long as I own my house outright and I own my car outright, what could happen? I could work at Taco Bell and afford the electric bill. This is the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Guys Show with Matt and Dr. Iggy, helping you achieve peak health and financial freedom so that you can live a long, vibrant life on your own terms. And now, here are your hosts, Matt and Dr. Iggy. Welcome, 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 everybody to the Healthy, Wealthy, Wise Guys Show. My name is Matt. I am your host, and I'm here with my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, my sister, my, my mister from another sister, Dr. Iggy. How are you today, brother? Oh, I, I love your introductions. These pump <laughs> me up and, and these get me all excited. I'm doing freaking fantastic. It's all for you, Paul. I love looking at the trees and, and I was looking at the stars this morning when I was taking the dog for the walk. It, it's wonderful. Wonderful. That's what you? time you get up that their star is still out when you take your dog for a walk yes. in the morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so you were telling me, I, we were on the phone earlier right. chatting and I, you were about to tell me a story about this uh, uh, adventure excursion health thing that you're doing. And I guess we're getting right into it. Uh, I, well, right I want to hear about it. I, I, I'm yeah. chomping at the bit to hear all about this thing that you did. And you were like, you tease me with it. You're like, oh, it's so great. And you go to tell me the story. You're like, wait, wait, wait. Let's just tell it on the show. Uh, you're right. Because if you tell it to me now, then I won't be as curious about it. I don't, I'm not going to fake my curiosity and that. So tell tell me what you, what adventure you just went on. And, and uh, tell me a bit about this. this um, it, it's a, I, what's it called? The hyperbaric oxygen treatment. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. And... So of course, of course, everyone does it, right? This and is gonna be the, the, is, is this your your health tip as well? This is gonna be the health tip. Okay, and you don't, you know, talk to your physician before you do this stuff. Yeah. And anyways, anywhere you go to get it, they're gonna give you a whole. They're they're gonna give you a whole physical and not a full physical, but a partial one, and they're gonna make sure you're you're okay to use it. But anyways, why I've been wanting to do hyperbaric treatment for a while. Okay, because it can help with recovery, and what it really is 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 a chamber. So just think of a vessel. Once again, it's sitting in like basically a coffin, and you you zip it up, or someone zips it up, and it pressurizes, and it's the same feeling you would get if you're around fifteen to twenty feet below sea level. So hmm. in the water, fifteen twenty feet, you feel your ears pop, you feel like all that stuff. And what you do is in this case, if it's a full medical hyperbaric treatment, it's uh, the whole thing is is like 98, 99, 100% oxygen. This one is not like that. You wear an oxygen mask. So you're breathing in, you know, 96, 97% oxygen. And then you're pressurized. And the magic is that pressurization shoots it straight into your plasma because it's concentrated. And so the plasma is not with the red blood cells, but it's just the fluid around the red blood cells. And what that does is it gets into areas of your body that it normally couldn't get to. Mm. And so what I do is I meditate when I'm in there. And there's a reason why I meditate. 
I'm trying to get it into my brain. And, and this could be woo woo or whatever, but into all the areas that I, I am sure have been concussed and, and beat up and all the falls and all the other crazy shit that I've done over my life and getting right in there and, and recirculating it and, and, and creating possibly some angiogenesis or new blood vessels that get right in there and get all that stuff. So that's why I do it. Um, and so I get to do it locally. I was going to buy one for my house, but I thought that that was a bad, 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 dangerous idea. So at least I go somewhere and they just opened up one. I've been waiting for it for a while, for like two, three years, I've been wanting to try it. And so far you feel like I've only done two sessions, but you feel very calm and relaxed afterwards. Now I am meditating in there. I'm sitting in there for an hour, but after I'm done my 20 minute meditation, I'll bring my journal, I'll do journaling or uh, I'll do work inside this chamber. It's so cool. <laughs> That's all I got to say. That's and give it a try. Just give it a try. So you know. are you and you are fully immersed in this tank? Yes, but it's not a tank. It's really, um, you, you know, those, um, what do they call them? SUPs, uh, the inflatable uh, surfboard uh, uh, paddle boards. Yes. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of the concept, except you're inside a vessel. So you are like inside a balloon. Yes. And they fill the balloon up full of pressurized air. Yes. And you're breathing the oxygen in and the pressure from the air around you uh, is greater than normally than whatever air pressure is, yes. like, like 14.96 pounds per square inch or something like Look that. Look at you. Yeah, I forgot you have an engineer, engineer baby. That's me. Yeah, over so, here. I also was, so, in, I was in the compressed air business for many, many years before I got into So I, I forgot how many PSIs it is or... Yeah. So, but you're, you're pressurized. I but mean, it's, you it's feel higher than, it's higher than sea level. It's more pressure than sea level, right? So you're feeling, mm -hmm. do you feel it? Do you feel like the push? Your air. Some people, no, and you don't feel it in your lungs. Some people say, I didn't feel any different when mm -hmm. I was in there, except for my ears. You, you feel your ears popping because yeah. it's the opposite of when you take off in the plane. Well, it's not, it's also the opposite of when you go to higher altitude. Like I got that, I was yes, in Denver a couple months ago. Exactly. Being in Denver was rough, man, because you could feel like I just when I was in Denver, I felt like I couldn't get a full lung full of air when I was breathing, yeah. you know, um, and just at it's higher altitude. Opposite. Yeah, like being out in the sun in, in high altitude, you know, it's kind of you feel the sun beating on you a little bit more where it's like there's just not as much air taking this UV out, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so this it's the opposite. So you're feeling like full Plenty of air. Okay. Um, might I ask, and our audience is going to ask the same thing. So uh, you're a crazy man and you would buy one of these machines, but for someone that wanted to pay to go to a 15 place. grand. Oh, I thought you were going to ask how much. A machine. No, 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 no. I already knew that. No, no, no. 15, 15 grand to buy a machine. No, to do like an yeah. hour in therapy in it. What is it called? You can get anywhere from 80 to a hundred dollars a session. And okay. it's sometimes a little bit less, sometimes more. It depends where you go. You know, when you described that, when you told me the name of this, I thought you were going to go down the cryo road. I thought you were going to tell me this is like a cryotherapy thing because I know you're cold. I want to put everything in it. Like I would love red, red light therapy. You get this thing and you got cryo, and cryo too. I mean, how great if you could accomplish everything at once. 
it'd be like a stew. It'd be like yeah. a yeah. Right. <laughs> like a stew by the time by when this is done. Yeah, I'm just trying to think if cryo would be such a good idea. Are you, might I uh, go a little bit further? Are you um, clothed when you are in this? Uh, in, in the yes. Movie? Yeah, you can wear whatever. So okay. you are clothed. Yeah. I mean, okay. they want you to be clothed for it, but it wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Right. They, they <laughs> want you to be clothed. And they strongly prefer you to be clothed. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> One more time. Hyperbaric. H-B-O-T. Hyperbaric oxygen treatment or therapy. okay thank yeah. you guys uh, ch- uh, th- thank you iggy guys check out hyperbaric <laughs> oxygen treatment as it's, well yeah, your mind just got a little slower if you were in there it would i know i would be out i'd already know where i was yeah yeah oh i'm i'm actually i'm curious about it i'm gonna check it out i know you are yeah yeah i knew you would like it that's why i held off explaining the whole thing and, and i was like we'll talk about this later Nice. Um, I was inspired by our guest today uh, with my wealth tip, uh, and because my my guest talked about the um, he talked about the notion of owning things for of ownership versus paying for paying finance, right? Um, and so my my health wealth tip today is about is about uh, owning things free and clear, and the benefit thereof if you decide you wanted to, right? So that could mean owning your car owning your home. And, you know, Dr. Iggy, the concept of financing things is a new-ish concept. This is not something that's been around forever and ever, right? I mean, people like, even like, as, as I have read, the concept of getting bank financing on your home is not something that's happened forever, right? Um, right. Now, you look back in the day, you look back long enough, the home you lived in was probably the one that was built by your grandfather that was added on to by your dad and that you were expected to add on to as well. And that was like just your homestead. And in other countries, they still do it that way. Um, but the whole thing about putting bank, just the only thing you can buy is something that has bank financing. And there is a trap in there because if you're if everything you do is based on finance, the financing it, then then you're going to be living in a world of monthly payments. Because that's what you do. You buy your car based on monthly payment. Buy your house based on monthly payment. Um, you know, buy a, a larger item for your home based on the monthly payment. It will be on your credit card. Like I'll, I'll just finance new home furnishings. I'll just put put all new, all new, uh, new couches, new beds, new everything for my kids, whatever. And then I'll put it on a credit card. Yeah. Right. The problem is you get yourself into a trap that way. And then the, the reason why I say it's a trap is. You need to produce income every month, whether that's from your job, whether that's from investments, or whatever it is, to service that debt. To use uh, financier terms, right? Just a nice way of saying being able to cut that monthly payment check every month. How great would it be if um, you did not have a monthly payment at all? There's a book called Life in Air that is a now that we go to work, trying to walk a little bit, Dr. Iggy, down the Dave Ramsey road here. And I'm not a Dave Ramsey student, nor if I'm an advocate of a lot of things he teaches, because I think he's teaching you how to become um, middle and middle America financially free. Uh, and there's a lot of, there's a, a base level that he's teaching there. But if you really want to get, you know, financially like next level, uh, you know, and, and become really true wealth and achieve true wealth status, Dave Ramsey's only not going to get you there. Yeah. Um, but he'll, he'll, you know, but going back, I, I digress. The, uh, a lot of things Dave talks about is paying your house off. And if you look, Dr. Iggy, something like 30 to 40% of someone's earned income that they earn goes towards 
home expenses. But if you go further, a large portion of what they pay goes towards just paying interest. Interest on your home, interest on a car, interest on credit card. And you look at it and you're like, well, how much more could I put towards my investments or put towards other things if I didn't have to pay that interest on financing? Or even further, what if I didn't have any interest payments on my financing or any any home debt? I could like if I need to make ten thousand a month to keep my trains running on time and to pay my debt, home finance, and to pay my car off or whatever. If you're owned your home free and clear, you might not need you wouldn't need anywhere near ten thousand a month. What if you could live on five thousand a month or four thousand a month? Right? Like you could choose a job or choose a career or choose an investment strategy that more suits you and does not have to meet that hurdle of of uh of of maintaining that debt. So there's an there is a certain thing, a certain consideration for doing things with cash, not financing, um, that'll that will allow you to achieve financial freedom sooner. Cause guess last thing Dr. E to throw out there. Uh it's nice to think, oh, I want to achieve millionaire status and I want to make a million a month in passive income and everything like that and all this cash flow. Well, what if you could live the life of your dreams on five thousand a month, right? And travel and you know and and like you know put do whatever you want for your kids and everything like that. The way you get there is by uh, owning things free and clear without financing. What okay, do you think? Yeah. What do you think? I love it. I love it. I love, I love it too. It. I mean, yeah, it was Dave Ramsey esque, and I thought that's where you were going. And I was, I was like, I don't know about this, but all right, it's it it is it's interesting though, um, because that's not, I, and I do certain things that are that way, um, but I, I and and I think that I think that Dave Ramsey teaches some good stuff, but I think that he's just with the the the, the beef I have with him is he's taking you halfway up the ladder, right? And he teaches a lot of principles that are valid. Yeah, man, save your money. Yeah, pay off and pay things off. Don't be running around with an 18% APR credit card. What are you nuts? You know? Yeah, yeah, don't buy more house than you can afford. Um, But yeah, but also don't like, don't think that you could 401k your way to financial freedom and and that you can pay your house off to zero and then 401k your way up. I mean, that's one way to do it but it is an antiquated way to do it. And the world does not operate that way anymore. So I think Dave Ramsey's a little bit sometimes stuck in the nineties, you know, yeah. um, that just the world doesn't work the way that he is advising. But also once you achieve that status, once you paid your house down, you got yourself, you got, you got your financial house in order. Now let's get to wealth building. And there's, and I've done YouTube videos about borrowing debt. And people have been like, oh, debt's terrible. And you can't buy, you know, like what you, you could lose everything, whatever. No, debt's an instrument, you yes, know, it uh, and it, it should be used to buy assets. Uh, mm-hmm. and it, but, if, but here's like the best financial situation, Dr. Iggy, is uh, debt on assets to produce cash flow that are, that's the cash flow is above and beyond the debt service because then that's you know, just passive income, number one. And then on the personal side, very low debt. Yes. Right. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. Well, of course I agree. That's what, that's why we work together. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So today's guest, man, uh, I mentioned that earlier that I got this idea while we were interviewing him and I'm going to throw that out there for the wealth tip because that's good. That's good stuff. Um, We just had a good, fun conversation, right? Oh yeah. I mean, really, really fun. And how could we not with Biggie? Biggie and Iggy. Biggie. 
I got Biggie and Iggy on the show, man. I mean, this is uh, what what could be better. I, I I got tripped up a few times with the names and yeah. all that. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have to put up somebody that rhymes with my name next time. They, they trip you up, right? Right. Um, but yeah, this is a good interview. You guys check it out. Uh, you know, Biggie's Biggie's living Biggie. He's living oh, yeah. a, living a Biggie life out there in California, uh, and, and has seen a lot of things. And and I think. Um, what I admire about his story that you guys will hear is that Biggie's life was going in one direction um, with, in, in, you know, and in, in, in a funky industry, music, you know, and that's, I, I was in that, I didn't get, we didn't get into this on the show, but I was in the music business for a very, very brief period of time when I was in college. Um, and it is a rough business. I mean, there's some sketchy ass people in, in, in the music business. Uh, so he went down that road and then completely pivoted and do, uh, you know, pretty much living financially free. So I, um, I think it's a great story. And, uh, you know, we got, we got into health stuff up, up your alley, you know? Oh yeah. Talked about rolling around. He's like right up my alley. Yeah, I know. He's your kind of guy. Right. So let's bring him on, man. Biggie, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being with us. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. <laughs> So first and foremost, man, we were introduced to, uh, to you uh, by one of our mutual friends, uh, Spencer. And uh, he introduced you as Biggie. And yep. I'm just going to stay with the introduction, man. But you got to tell, tell me and Dr. Iggy how you got the name Biggie. Because I know that's, uh, that's not your birth name, correct? That's the, that's, that's a, okay. Not my birth name. Uh, me and Iggy are going to be beefing over Iggy's and Biggie's. All day. <laughs> I'm going to get uh, confused. You guys will have fun with it. I'm the one that's going to be over here like, I don't know, who am I talking to again? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So where, where, that, where do you get such a cool name like that? Stupid nickname from high school. I have big features. I got big teeth. I got big ears. Uh, like a, literally a joke made one time 23, four years ago. And it stuck with me. And it was kind of funny because my, uh, as I'm sure we'll just talk about, I came up in the touring world, touring with bands, and it was fine to be Biggie on the road. It's Biggie, Biggie's a guy, tour manager guy, Biggie. Well, then I became an artist manager, and I thought, like, well, now's my chance to become, like, an actual human and go by Nick, my real name. And so the company that hired me sent out this big, fancy press release, and, you know, Nick Grimaldi joins the team, blah, blah, blah. And all these people I've worked with for years are like, who the fuck's Nick Grimaldi? (laughs) So my new company had to be like, dude, it's Biggie. Like, oh, Biggie's great. Cool. Biggie's oh, good. good hire. So right then I'm like, it's Biggie for life. Here we go. <laughs> Biggie for life. Are you just, uh, are you Biggie Rimaldi? Do you go, do you throw the last name on there too? Or are you like I mean, the I artist just, formerly known uh, as Prince? You just, yeah, just Biggie. Just the, like Madonna, the, Prince. So, I say, so to say it's Biggie, they, they usually know. They usually know it's me. <laughs> how many are the Biggies are there? Right? Exactly. If someone calls me Nick, it's usually my kids or my wife, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When you're in trouble. Exactly. You get one of those. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I know how awesome. I it. Well, tell us all about you, man. Tell us your, your story. Your, you mentioned the music business, whatever. You know, start from where you grew up to how you got into the music business. And I know you've made some transitions that we'll jump into. But for for now, just uh, give us your backstory, man. All right. The short, short version is I was born and raised in Orange County, California. Lived within five square miles for 41 years now. Um, <laughs> After going through high school and college, I started touring full-time with bands. And that came from my, uh, you know, my, my hobby of going to underground punk and hardcore shows around the Orange County area as I was growing up and as I was riding my skateboard everywhere. Um, my friends were in bands and they had a, you know, musical talent. I mean, 
not a lot of talent, but enough to be on stage. And I was kind of just the guy always hanging out. And when it came time for them to go on tour, I would go on tour just to literally hang out, sell some merchandise as it became a job to do. And then as the bands got bigger and we got a label and a manager and a lawyer and a booking agent, all these people that needed to be liaisoned with, I became kind of the de facto tour manager just because I was the guy that could a, leave town for months at a time and B, had somewhat decent people skills and organizational skills. Uh, that led to a, you know, what some would call a career of, of a touring for 10 years as a tour manager and as a light designer, um, mostly with my friends' bands, um, but, you know, some bigger bands, but nothing too big. Most people hear, oh my God, you went on tour. Like, was it with like you two? You know, it was nothing that big. You know, <laughs> we were doing like the House of Blues circuit, you know, a thousand, two thousand seat rooms around all around the world, essentially. But, uh, and then I started working for a band with a particular manager that he and I actually didn't get along with. We butted heads a lot. Uh, his name is Paul Conroy, just because he's my mentor and we'll probably speak of him at some point again. Um, and it was kind of funny because as we butted heads, he kind of realized like this guy, though he's a little bit of a prick, is kind of like going to bat for his bands out there, you know, <laughs> like giving me not just a yes, sir, no, sir. Uh, and when it came time for me to get off the road, which is, you know, kind of a trap. A lot of people, you'll see road dogs out there that are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, which is fine. It's great. It's good, good living. But if you want to have a family, it's a little tough. So when I met my now wife, uh, I was talking to Paul, my, my mentor at the time, just being like, man, it might be time for me to start thinking about getting off the road, which is something I never even thought about. And uh, he was just kind of like, if you ever want to get off the road, I will hire you immediately as an artist manager in my company. And I was kind of like, oh, all right. And that got both of our heads spinning. And by the end of that tour, which was like summer 2008, he was like, why don't you just pick up a band with me while you're touring and see if you can transition? So we did. We picked up a band in 2008. I got married at the very beginning of 2009. My last tour was March 2009. I became a full-time artist manager from 2009 up until the end of 2020 when I uh, retired. So. There's a lot that happens in between there. He left, he left the company to go to sports and gaming. And then I became the, uh, one of the owners of the company and had some people under me and managed a roster of bands and started a ticketing company and some merchandising companies and things along the way. Uh, and then at the, uh, pretty much at the, towards the end of, I mean, we're not at the end of COVID yet, but towards the end of, uh, no live shows occurring, I, officially retired in like March, March this year, 2021. Wait, congrats. The years run together. <laughs> so a lot of stuff happened in between there, but that's the, uh, from, from a skateboard to a retired man, short story. In yeah. The front. That's great. Yeah. Iggy, how to, where do we want to go first, man? A lot, of, a lot of cool. Uh, I want to hear about the skateboarding and if you can still do it, can you still do it ollies? You know, what's funny is every single, about once every six months, I get on my board and make sure I can still kickflip right. in my head. That means I'm still young. So right. I just did it like two months ago. My kids know. I'll go out there. My daughter's like, oh, dad's trying to see if he's young again. <laughs> and I'll land a kickflip and promptly put the skateboard away before I get hurt. So as of right. 41, right. I can still kickflip. So therefore, I'm still young. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's all I wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, I grew, up, I grew up on a skateboard. That, that, that was actually a huge pivotal moment for me in terms of like... Um, independence and um really what i did with all of my free time it kind of structured everything which because the skateboard culture got me into the music which got me into the career it introduced me into straight edge which i still am which is just 
being sober by choice, you know, like never done drugs or alcohol in my life because I wanted to be able to skateboard uh, at all times, you know, and uh, still to this day, don't party because of that. So it all, a lot of funny stuff links back to a stupid piece of wood wheels under my feet. That's a, that's impressive that you like lived that band road life. Yeah. Without consuming drugs or alcohol. I right. tore pretty notorious party bands as well. So it's kind of, everyone would be like, you're sober. And I always get weird. It's like most people when they hear sober, that means like recovered. And that's mm-hmm. a little yeah. different, you know? And I was like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to offer you a drink. It's like, it's all good, you know? But I went yeah. through life being like, ah, you'll, you'll party eventually. Once you're out of high school and college, you'll party. Or uh, once you're done with college and you get married, you're going to drink on your wedding yeah. night. Once right. You once, kids, you, once you have kids, right. Yeah, this this kids will drive you to drink. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I got a, a five and an eight year old and I'm married for uh, 12 some years and I've gone through work and out of work and no, no, uh, no drinking yet. So it'd be pretty silly if I started now, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. What was that like though? Being uh, like, I mean, let's, let's go there a little bit further, like being on the road, um, you know, where, like you said, everybody else is doing it. I mean, did, did you like it was, I mean, were you able to still maintain trust with these guys that you weren't the, with the bands that you weren't, even though you weren't drinking or whatever? They loved it. Everyone yeah. my they probably made them rely on you. They, 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 they knew they could trust you. Right. What's it like having a husband doesn't drink? They love it. She got, she got personal Uber. She got someone watching, make sure everything's all good. And same with the bands, you know, like when we're in like far Germany and I have $40,000 in euros on my back, like, should I be partying at the bar or making sure everybody's all good? You know what I mean? So that was just my vibe. And I'm a very like hyper social person as is. So I didn't need the like the the loosen up aspect. And I worked a lot on tour. You know, I'm a very financially driven person. So when I kind of had the job with two people, a tour manager and as a lighting designer, setting up and breaking down lights and running the light show. Um, so by the time I was working out or sorry, working during the show, uh, with the lighting rig and then doing all the tour management requirements with guest lists and security meetings and financial backends and discussing everything with booking agents and managers all day, uh, doing their finances at night, you know, like having the books done, sent off to them daily. So, you know, never, never want people to be waiting on me. I mean, there wasn't a lot of time to do it. You know, I've, I've also been working out forever. So if I had the free couple hours, I was going to figure out a gym somewhere or work out wherever I was, you know, so. I'm a very busy body and I don't know, it just never, never appealed to me. So talk about the the working out and the recovery from those tours. Cause I mean, I'm sure it's a lack of sleep where you're going to bed at like two in the morning. Yeah. I, don't, I have no idea what time you're waking up. I mean, I know my body would not handle that too well. So talk about what you did and you're, you're into fitness and health. So, so how did you maximize your performance? Back then, it was tricky for sure because we were driving vans and mostly vans, but sometimes buses, you know, where I would be the guy that would drive to the hotel at night because I had to be the guy with the money to check in and all that jazz, which meant people fall asleep. I kind of wake everyone up, get in the room, fall back to sleep. I get to sleep last, would try to wake up first so I could get some sort of workout in, whether it's a hotel gym, go for a run, we, whatever, would hap- whatever had to happen then. Now, luckily, a bit more spoiled. I have a full full rig at my house, everything you could everything you can need. I've been building it for like eight years from Peloton machines to a full road rack to heavy bags and ice baths and saunas and steam room, the whole, the whole deal that I've been uh, slowly chiseling away. It's kind of my, my little, the closest thing I have to a collection, you know? So 
now it's easy. Now it's every single day, no matter what, get out there for, for some sort of, uh, working out and also recovery. As I get older, it's almost like a one for one of if I work out for an hour, that means I'm probably going to have to do some sort of stretching, rehabbing, sauna, big on sauna, cold dipping. Like, uh, it's imperative now as, as I get up there in age, as I'm trying to still lift and uh, do jujitsu as much as I'm doing it like five, five times a week or so. So you're so. talking Niggy's language, talking about ice bass, man. Yeah, yeah man. And the sauna. I just, yeah, the, mine, I don't even need an ice bath. I go in my pool now. So once my pool is, because now it's at like, yeah, it's like 55. And so, yeah, 10 laps in that, you're golden. You're good. Yeah, I got, I get the uh, the DIY ice bath with the freezer. That's what that. I have. Same thing. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah. I so thought I you were crazy, Iggy. I can't believe we See, Biggie, and, and look, and Biggie looks totally sane. <laughs> and, and he does it too. Every day, I know. I know. I, I made fun of him quite a bit on uh, a, a, a previous episode of the Healthy Wealthy Wise Guys show. Iggy admitted that he has a rehabbed old freezer and that he fills up full of water and ice to to dunk himself in. And I'm like, I, so you plug it in? I mean, you know, we're talking about going in there live with it hot or whatever. You know, yeah. yeah. It's, it's you actually caught me a moment of transition because while I have it, I've ordered a free plug, renew freezer. Uh, yep. or sorry, cold dip. That's a little more professional because yes, mine is a plugged in freezer that I caulk the edges and put water in and keep yep. a little beer thermometer in that turns on and off, keeping it between 34 and 36 degrees. He caulked so, the edges of his too. It's exactly, yeah. you guys are yeah. like cut off it's the ring. You probably, probably watched the same YouTube video on it. You know, yeah, but to me, this, I, I, I'm, uh, I, I, I have a tendency to dive into, I mean, literally dive into things uh, head first, but for this, these expensive cold dips, I'm just like, I don't know. That seems a little ridiculous. If I love it, I'll do it. And so now I've been doing this for like a year and a half and the caulking's coming off and I had to service yeah. the freezer. And now I'm like, okay, I've, I've earned this. I'm yeah. belting up as, in jujitsu terms. You know what so I mean? You're buying a, uh, a, a professional cold dip thing. Now, yeah. does, it, does it have like water valves that you can recycle the water? You can. Exactly. Yeah, it's got. Oh, it does. As, as of now, this is just a tub that doesn't have a filter, it's got a bromine uh, chemical. Uh, you know, to keep it somewhat clean. This has like filters, fully, um, what do you call it? I guess uh, where you can adjustable, fully adjustable temperature and it's mm -hmm. aesthetically nice. It's like wood and just looks better than my crappy freezer outside. <laughs> and you can no use the about. water over and over again. Like, do you guys, do, do, Iggy, do you fill up your cold It's still bath? filled from, from a while ago. Yeah, the water looks disgusting now. And so I shock it with the chlorine from my pool. And it, and then when you shut it, then I, I didn't realize how bad the chlorine. So that's, yeah. So yeah, that's I mean, the way to go. Yours probably has ozone, right? Is yours an ozone? A new one, well, a new one, yeah. My, mine stays okay because I made it part of my pool man's kind of regimen. I'm just like, hey, I can deal with putting bromine tablets in. That's about it. Right. So, and then every like three months or so, I got to just empty it. But. Yeah. One, we have one at the jujitsu gym and that one's funky because yeah. Uh, yeah, you can imagine. Because yeah, everyone jumps in after. Yeah. Yeah. The big sign is everything. You must shower before. And then I look, I'm like, you didn't shower before. You didn't. <laughs> yeah. I see the sweat dripping off of you before you <laughs> get in that thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, uh, yeah, okay. I do belong on that coast. I belong on the West Coast. You really do. Yeah. It's a very California thing to do. Yeah. Okay, give, give us one crazy 
like give us like a craziest story that you can tell for before we move on beyond bands because a lot more to talk about but uh like leave us leave the band conversation with one crazy story what do you got what route do you want to go you can go in like G- give us give us our options fighting i don't want to go sleazy you know so yeah <laughs> yeah so funny fight story everyone likes a good fight story right yeah, yeah. a good fight fight story is great yeah. uh love it so we're in uh we're on the shore of new jersey so picture the vibe you know it's very uh <laughs> we'll say hyper of course, of course you were i assume this is wildwood what's that no, could be Seaside Heights, could be uh, yeah. any other. Uh, South Jersey uh, and North Jersey. Uh, Asbury Park. There okay. you go. Yeah. yeah. There you go. North. Uh, Stone Pony. Stone Pony. I'll call it up. I need Stone Pony. Stone Pony. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So we're at Stone Pony. Uh, we do the show. Show's great. Show as it would sometimes do. Turns into a nightclub after. Um, I am obviously sober, aware of what's going on. My band members have started partying very much as they do after the show or before the show or all the time. So they are partied up and uh, I'm kind of overseeing the situation as I do, you know, just watching, you know, party as I do is over, but looking and noticing, I'm very uh, perceptive to when there's a, a vibe, as they say in the air. And I noticed one guy was, had a vibe and my guys were oblivious to his vibe and they were being super obnoxious and kind of running around and bumping into people. And I could see this guy getting more mad and more mad, and more mad, and I'm just like, oh, geez, this is going to be bad. I know it's going to be bad. And I try to warn my guy, like, hey, you guys got to stay on this side over here, like this over there. They're just like, all right, whatever. Go. They hit the guy again, of course, one more time. I can see the guy going after my guys, so I intercept with a a stern movement of, didn't really punch him, but like, when you're not being expected to be shoved very hard, you know, you can fly, right? The guy flies. Oh, no. My guys see that. And I, I'm thinking, okay, done, like crisis averted, whatever. My guys see that and go, you're going after Biggie. So him, two of the guys go after him. It's kind of a melee. I'm trying to break everything up. And I realize like my main two guys in the band are, are nowhere to be found. Hmm. I run outside. <laughs> they are holding this guy down, the original guy. One's punching him in the face. It's on the sand now. Like it sounds like an 80s movie. One's punching him in the face. The other one's holding him down and throwing sand in his mouth. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, you're going to kill this guy to like tackle my guys off. And it was a whole, you know, it's a whole, a whole thing. But yeah, didn't always happen. But when it happened, uh, it was, it, I always had my version of the story. Cause I like, I saw everything. I saw it happen right. before. I saw what happened after. And then the next day they're just like, do you see that guy that like, come after us for no reason? You know, they're, they're like, it was not no reason. I saw that happening 15 minutes before it did. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, most of the time is pretty boring to be totally honest. You get to the club, you work the show, it's time to get to the next city on you go. But every once in a while, there'd be some, uh, some activities, you know, got to see the world, which is the main thing I look back on appreciative. I saw everything. That's uh, that's cool. Thank you. <laughs> So is that where you transitioned into the jujitsu? And uh, is that where you found the love or go into that a little bit? No, the jujitsu came late. You know, I've, I've watched, I've watched, you know, MMA forever, just liking it as a sport. You know, oh man, it's great. I, I love, I'm, I'm, I love, you know, non-team sports, you know, it's just like a, I'll watch a sport. Don't get me wrong, but I just think it's great when it's just you, you know, so I'm thinking of a fighter who has to go in there and one-on-one, no excuses. If you lose, you lose. Like it's, it's just, it always uh, intrigued me. 
and I've always been around it. Some of my best friends, my now jiu-jitsu coach has been doing it forever. You know, there's always been like, you got to do it. You're athletic. You love it. Da, da, da. And I'm like, I don't know. It's such a to-do. I don't have time, especially, you know, when I was working so much and touring, like it's not, it's not part of my program. And as work started slowing down, as I basically, as I started hiring more people and delegating more and I found more time, I'm like, oh, like I'll officially give it a try. Mainly because I was interested in what they call no gi jujitsu, where you're not wearing a gi, a kimono, like what you see in UFC, where they're just, yeah. you know, biting in shorts and a shirt, basically. That's what interested me because that's what I saw. Uh, and he was always like, you got to do the gi. You got you to get in the gi and understand, you know, it will help the no gi, but you got to get in the gi. And then as I'm a very goal-driven person, I'm like, well, I could like go to like get a belt and like hope to become a black belt and get stripes on my belt. And that would like, you know, affirm me and, you know, validate me. And that's kind of like what I need. And, and that's how I like uh, uh, thrive in terms of like, set a goal, conquer a goal, go to the next goal, set a goal, conquer a goal, go to the next goal. So I'm like, all right, I'll give it a whirl. And just full, full obsession. As with anything I do, there's nothing I just kind of like dabble into. So fully obsessed, talked a ton of people into it, uh, um, into starting jujitsu. And now we have this cool, I don't want to say exclusive, like, um, you know, we're trying to be cool, basically like a very private, like exclusive place where pretty high belt jujitsu guys go and pretty much teach and beat me up, you know? So now after about four years, I'm a purple belt and uh, competed a few times and won my competitions and, uh, you know, going to do the, they call world, world masters next year, which is a bunch of mm. old guys doing jujitsu. So be doing that next year, but more than anything, like above all that stuff, it's just a great physical workout, mental workout. You, uh, you're very, um, humbled from day one of jujitsu because someone smaller or older or weaker, uh, will just put you right into your place of infancy on the mats, you know. The first and time I, I heard about jujitsu, I heard Joe Rogan talking about jujitsu and a lot of people on his show uh, are fans of it and other real estate investor friends of mine like uh, Brandon Turner and David uh, David Green um, and Tal Yarbrough and all those guys are all into jujitsu. But like, I, if for those that don't know, um, that uh, what is, like, I'll, I'll just back all the way up, right? What is jujitsu? And like, just could you just describe it briefly, like what it is, aside of like from people kicking the crap out of each other, right? Like what makes right. it different than like, you know, karate, taekwondo, this kind of thing. And what is it that uh, that makes it unique, if you if you don't mind? Uh, the simplest terms for people to understand, as I say, it's kind of like wrestling with submissions. So it's predominantly on the ground, though in a competition environment, you do start standing up, but the vast majority of jiu-jitsu takes place on the ground and you are fighting for positions and um, ultimately trying to submit your opponent, be that a strangle of some sort or a joint manipulation, lock, wrist lock, uh, arm bar, knee bar, ankle, and any type of uh, joint that you can maneuver into a way to where they have to tap tap out, you know, like you've seen on UFC where you literally mm -hmm. tap and or verbally say tap, you know, just that means it's over or if it doesn't get to a tap, there's usually timed rounds. And it's like, there is a point system in competition where it's like two points for a takedown, three points if you got, get to their side, four points if you get to their back, you know? So it's a, uh, it is a full galaxy <laughs> like to, uh, to hone in. But the simplest way to think about it is kind of like wrestling with submissions, but very unlike um, striking uh, martial arts. When you go to jiu-jitsu class, 
pretty much every class, there is a full bore 100% sparring situation where it's not like held back. You go absolutely to try to submit the other person. First day yeah. of jujitsu. If I walk on a John of jujitsu mat, day one. Cause, but I don't even like, like so, so let's say you're like, okay, uh, man. Yeah. No, help that- you tire belt. Yeah. Because you won't even know how to do that. And you'll go through a class, a little bit of technique. They'll teach you a tech, uh, you know, and, and you would go to a very beginner's class probably. But yeah, you learn a technique standardly and then you would drill. They call that drilling to, to then learn that. So I'll teach you the technique. You drill to learn the technique and then you go and spar. So kind of like a, a standard class would be 30 minutes of learning, 30 minutes of drilling, 30 minutes of sparring. And those <laughs> rounds will be like probably five minutes as a beginner. So what do you think, Dr. Iggy? You want to do it? I don't know. It's like game on. I used to wrestle. So I mean, I'm, I'm five, three and you know, so I mean, that was, you, have a, you have a huge leg up already. You know, most people that they only think about using their arms and you would think about using your legs and leverage and your head, you know, so a lot of, there's a lot that goes into it, obviously. And I'm still, I've, so I'm a, you know, the belts go white, blue, purple, brown, black, you know, and I'm purple. So, you know, I've been doing it a while, pretty good. And then I'll just roll with some of my friends and I'm like, these are like different we're like speaking different languages. Like they're so much better than me still, you know? And I actually just watched someone talking about now that I'm a purple belt, I remember rolling with purple belt as a white belt thinking they were wizards, you know? And I'm like, I don't think I'm as good as those purple belts. I Maybe I am, but I don't know. But I felt like they were speaking a different language then, you know? So it's just extremely fun. If you have a personality that like my brain, it, it's almost, it's very, uh, it's a very, a lot of people that like jujitsu also like things like chess and poker and just that type of problem solving, you know, independence, constant learn, you know, you can never like master chess, you can never master poker, you can never master jujitsu, uh, much like everything else. But uh, yeah, as an older guy with some time on his hands that loves physical fitness, that's, it's the best, you know. And I, I think it's funny too, because now I know that while it's great as a, a father and a husband, it would have helped so much in business because getting not just getting it out, but like having the hour, cause you can't, can't think about anything else. You can't think about whatever your job is, whatever you're worried about. This guy's literally trying to break your arm, you know, like that's all you're thinking about. <laughs> Love it. It's, you know, the clarity you have. After getting off the mats, not to be too like woo woo about it, but you know, it, it's, it's crazy. I mean, to the point to where if I go away for the day and I come back and I'm a little, my wife will like ask me, did you not train today? You know, <laughs> she can just tell that like, I just have a little less patience, a little too much energy. You know, uh, I really wish I found it early, or I mean, I started earlier. I found it a long time, but I wish I started actually training like consistently earlier. I rec- couldn't recommend it to anybody. I, I think it's the first sport you should get your kids into. No matter your sex, no matter the age, I think it's better than anything. Again, independence, humbling. Hmm. You're not going to raise, you're not going to be, I, I mean, the only thing worse than being bullied is being a bully. So you're not going to become a bully if you don't, you don't have the ego to do it. You're not going to get bullied if you have the confidence that you've been, uh, you know, in these situations before and, uh, you know, meet great people and it's great. Didn't mean to turn this into a jujitsu ad, but uh, no, no, I hear that. <laughs> I'd like to get my son into my son seven. I'd like to get him into some sort of martial art. You know, uh, love it. And at that age, I mean, it, it, it's it's almost like a gymnastics hybrid. Like they're not in there learning like omoplata. They're in there, you know, like hey, listen to the coach, jump over this, 
get past the kids' legs. All you gotta do is get past their legs. Oh, you did it. Start over. And you don't notice. They don't know credit kid style. They don't know they're passing the guard. You know, they might not know they're learning a leg drag, but they are, you know, but a lot of it's just a lot of the physical agility stuff that they'll be doing on padded mats that they, you know, you look over and yeah, class turns into Somersaultville so out of nowhere. You know what I mean? So Iggy, I could like have my kid out like painting my fence and waxing my car and I was thinking the same thing. I could Daniel sign it, you know, just have him like, okay, here you go, wax my car, wax on, wax off, son. You know, like, like, yeah, you're learning too. Yeah, Yeah, Biggie, my my son's 18 and he he fell in love with karate. I think it was around 14. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so he was a late bloomer. And I was, you know, you just think you can keep up with your son. And I mean, he could kick the shit out of me. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I mean, his kicks come so freaking fast. You can't, you can't even move quick enough. And yeah. it, it's, ama- it's amazing what you guys do. So talk about your, I know we're going down this, this kind of rabbit hole, but I love it. Uh, the nutrition before and after. Like, do you have a set routine? I'm sure because you're getting, you know, I'm 47. You're, you're what, 41? 41, and, yeah. Yeah, and uh, do you have that down or you just go mm-hmm. ahead and eat some junk and then you vomit on the mat? I would hey, say I bags of Doritos right? for every Jits match, right? That's a, I, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> what are the, and what are, how long are the rounds? Uh, six minutes at my belt. Holy cow. Yeah. A which six minute like, rounds? Which doesn't sound that long, but it is full. No, two, we did two minutes in wrestling and I mean, yeah. you're vomiting. Yeah. Is there, are you doing multiple rounds at six minutes or is it one in six training, minute round and that's it? In training, yeah, we do. I mean, the, tons and tons of rounds, especially at my school. We do, we probably tip the scales at too much sparring, not enough drilling, uh, but it's just way more fun, you know? But yeah, and the actual match is just a one and done six minutes. So either six yeah, minutes or someone, someone submits, you know? So what's the diet, like what's your diet protocol before, after, you know, oh, like day, day before, what I, you know, yeah. What, what, what do you do to keep your, to keep yourself ready for it? They always say you can't out-train a bad diet, and I'm on a quest to prove it wrong, I always say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't eat that bad, and all things considered. You know, it's definitely not like burgers and pizza all day, although I could easily, like, yeah. slip into that and just live a completely healthy, happy life doing that. Um, but I'm a, luckily, I don't need much variety, so I eat a ton of, like, chicken, veggies, rice. That's, like, my absolute staple, you know? And in terms of, like, getting ready for it, like weight wise, we, we do have weight classes. It, it's kind of cool. That's what's great about it too, is you fight in your age bracket, your skill bracket and your weight bracket. So like you weed out way better skill guys, you weed out way bigger guys, you know, you, it's, you weed out the way younger athletic guys. So when I fight, I'm going to be fighting someone who's 41 to 45, a purple belt that weighs 181 pounds or less, you know? So all I have to do is to make sure at all times, if I put on a gi, which is four pounds, I weigh 181. So just every day, I keep an eye on the scale. And if I get up like to 78, 79, it's like, all right, all right, trim it down, trim it down. (laughs) I basically just kind of hover at 175 and I work out enough to where it's not that big of a deal. I burn a lot of calories and, and keep up with my somewhat childish diet when it, when it happens. Well, you could always go in the sauna, lose a couple of pounds. I'm sure you've done that if you, right? And then you go and dehydrate it. But six minutes is a long freaking time. That's super explosive. I mean, you're beyond, I didn't realize how long it was. I mean, that's. 
Yeah, rolling around on the ground for six minutes straight. Six minutes. That's a long like time. A, a, like a street fight is 30 seconds or less. <laughs> yeah. they, 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 start, they start shoving sand in the guy's mouth. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Our, and that's our 30 gym, seconds. Our gym does what they call the, like the shark tank when someone, or I shouldn't say someone, I'm the only one that gets belts at my gym. It's actually, like I said, very private. But when I got my purple belt, there was like my 10 or 11 main training partners there. And after we trained for the day, so we'd already done our rounds, I had to roll two minutes with all of them with zero breaks. So wow. started with a blue belt, went to a purple belt, went to a brown belt, and then it was all the rest black belts. And it doesn't sound like long, like you said, but on minute like 18 on my fifth black belt, and it's not like we restart. It's not like, okay, restart. If a guy has like, if a guy's smothering me on top, he just gets up and the next guy jumps right on top of me. So that was like physically dead. To, to actually tie my belt on me, my coach, grabbed me by like my lapels, like my collars and dragged me up from the ground. That was so dead and just like zombie mode. Like got my purple belt tied around me. <laughs> just like, and you didn't cramp? You didn't, you, your body didn't cramp? I was just dead. Uh, by yeah, the end, it was just survival mode. I yeah, you're naturally belt. talented. I went too yeah. hard. The purple belt and uh, the blue belt and pro belts. I'm like, I'm not losing to these guys on my way to getting my purple. And then by the time we got to the upper belts, I was just a dead body. Just, oh. <laughs> <laughs> didn't save anything. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Now supplements, yeah. you you take like beta alanine, creatine, or you don't even touch because you said you, I mean these are not sobering uh kind of things. These are natural supplements, or, yeah, have, or you don't touch a, that stuff. One of my good friends is a trainer that kind of has a supplement regimen for me. And I I mean look at this. You just follow it. Just because right here you can it's pretty extensive. I got my morning and night and whoa. It's about yeah. I think I take like 30, 30 pills a day. Probably 12, yeah. 27 pills a day or yeah, something. I would figure to stay that explosive, you need yeah. creatine and beta alanine and magnesium. Oils and betas and all sorts of oils and magnesium, zincs and multi. Yeah. And it kind of uh, uh, was curcumin and glucosamine, all these words. I, I literally don't know. He'll just be like, send me, an Amazon, right? send me an Amazon link. He's like, you need this. Take it in the morning. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm out of room with my pills. I'm not getting another pill thing. So if I can't fit it, I'm done. You know, <laughs> it won't jam in there. You yeah, need like, another whole pill box. Yeah. So yeah. this morning and night. Um, I, the thing I'm worst about is sleeping. Honestly, as as it's become more and more apparent, I used to be so proud of how little sleep I needed. You know, I'd be on tour, like I said, first one, last one to sleep, first one awake, and then more. I hear I was going out four or five hours for years, and then like now. Not only do I need more, but I'm like upset with myself if I can't get it, you know. But I'm I'm a very very high energy person, so it's hard to like come down. I've tried all the. All How the much sleep are you getting now? How remedy. much sleep are you getting now? What like what do you get, and what do you really think you should be getting? I get six to seven, and when when I do get eight or nine, like when that happens, I'm just like unstoppable. I'm just yeah. an unstoppable person. I I work out first thing in the morning, so I can just feel it. I can feel yeah. it not like I'm phoning it in, I don't have enough sleep, or man, I'm like kicking ass right now. And I'll think, yeah. Man, oh, yeah, I slept eight hours. Really noticeable. I don't know, it could be an age thing, but A, it wasn't an option before. I would, at midnight, you know, the Europe and UK would start working. That's a huge part of the music business. So I would try to get like an hour or two in with them before I fell asleep. Then the East Coast is up and ripping at 6 a.m. our time in California. So there wasn't a lot, you know, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of in between. And I just prioritized work for so long that uh you know it uh it took everything <laughs> so but so not let's 
let's switch it up here. You uh, you got to <clears throat> March of this year. You retired from the music business, right? Yeah. From the and this you're you're still in in uh, in music at that point, right? When you retired, yeah, still artist management. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what did that look like? What what that retirement? So why did you retire? Um, and what was the process like of walking away from this thing that you had built ten plus years? You know, probably very success, very successful. A lot of probably a lot of money coming in, a lot of you know money, accolades, power, all that kind of stuff. You know, you, you walked. So why? And then what was it like uh, unwinding all that? Well, it's kind of multi-part. Um, one caveat that doesn't have to do with me is my wife started and sold a massive company mm. uh, in the 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 field of autism. She did an ABA company, which is applied behavioral analysis, which is kind of a in-home treatment for autism. Basically, mm. a therapist comes to your house, works with your kid, your family, whatever. That's what she wonderful. did. She's a therapist. Met me, and I, you know, my brain says like, why would you work for a company if you had two private clients? You'd make more money than you do now. Mm. So that started the snowball, which uh, she ended up selling her company, and she had like 700 employees. And when she got acquired by ALP. Uh, autism learning partners, they became that, that acquisition made ALP the biggest ABA provider in California. So it was like a big, big exit, you know? Um, so financially that took a lot of stress off of us and a lot of our goals we had, you know, as I was plugging away and, uh, you know, buying, getting into the nicer houses we wanted and saving, 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 we had goals and we had, you know, we had met our financial goals, you know, a couple of years, a couple of years back. Um, and then, of course, as entrepreneurs and as business-minded people, she went and started another company that she still does. And I just said, yeah, we might have met our goals, but I'm still like artist manager. What am I going to do? You know, like retire, you know? And uh, as I started delegating more, uh, as I mentioned, A, having more free time with my kids because my first kid was just like a blur. The, the You know, the eight years ago, getting pregnant nine years ago, having a kid eight years ago and the first few years after, that was just the pinnacle of me. I wasn't delegating anything. I had my most amount of bands. Like I was just going crazy. So I said, not this time. I know I'm, I'm normally having two kids. So my second daughter was born. I took my took my uh, foot off the gas a bit, delegated a lot. Uh, fell in love with that. The idea of being able to work and have this company I'm proud of and work for these bands I love and have the staff I'm super proud of as well, but also be like a great dad, try to be a great dad, hang out with my kids and wife more. Um, so that was kind of dress rehearsal for the big, uh, the, the big climax, which was COVID and COVID kind of shined a big mirror into, you know, whether I liked it or not, this is what retired life would look like. You know, it, it, of course, the first few months was squ squaring the bands away, making sure everyone's okay financially and all that jazz. But then, you know, I had so much time, like with the kids, with the wife, with all my hobbies, you know, we have, we have some properties a couple hours away. We're spending tons of time in the desert and up in the mountains. And basically, it was to me, it was like a uh, a, a, require, uh, a retirement preview, you know. And it's like, dang, I think I, I think I could actually be totally okay with this after all, you know. Um, kind of serendipitously, like a couple of my main managers were either leaving for a bigger company or potentially like talking about starting their own thing. And I'm just like, there are no coincidences. Everything happens for a reason. You guys take my company. You go to your new company. I'm just walking from everything. All the bands, like, no, I never had contracts or any of that because I just didn't believe in them. So it's just literally like, I'm out. See you later, you know? Uh, 
And so, you know, kind of the, the marrying of being financially stable, obviously, uh, liking my life outside of my work, which I didn't know was a thing really for 20 years of being in the music business. Uh, and, uh, COVID kind of, the door was open. I'm looking out and COVID kind of just went <laughs> and, and pushed me through it, you know? So there's still, you know, like I said, we have some properties we take care of and I still help my wife with her new supplement company and, 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 you know, but uh, the day goes fast. By the time you help get the kids ready for school, I work out, I go eat lunch with my friends, I go do jujitsu. Then it's time to grab the kids from whatever they're doing and be a, a be a dad at night. And I love it. Now, so far. If we could pry a little bit further on the, right? you know, it's a healthy, wealthy, you know, we, we went down some health stuff on the wealth stuff. Are do you and your wife, um, did you guys reinvest the capital you got from her sale that you're able to live off that passive income? Uh, did you make him, were you making passive investments while you were building up your music business? Like, you know, the, t- tell us more about the investing strategy that you took on that, that is, you know, probably feeding you and your family now with the cash flow that it's, that it, that they're generating. For sure. So, uh, I was always, like I said, fin- I, I like to say financially driven. What I mean is cheap, you know, I'm trying to be nice and say <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. I didn't want to be like that. So like, I was, I always joked, like if, if my bank account was a vial you could see into, the very bottom of it would still be my tooth fairy money, you know, that I'm <laughs> just been saving and saving and saving and saving. And uh, I can use some real figures because it doesn't really apply now. But when I was 25 and I was still touring, I lived at home because I was gone nine months a year, but saving, saving, saving. And I was like, I have $50,000. Oh, wow. I at home, but I have 50 grand. I only knew like one other friend that was kind of with it. And like, we should buy a condo. And around here at that time, it was 400 grand. And we're like, dude, we just buy this condo together. Oh my God. And that was 2005. Uh, Lucky you. But uh, yeah, so we got into our condo. And though we had that, you know, the the big crash, California did okay in the end. And I just kind of leveled up there, I'd make a little bit of money from the condo. And I bought my first single family residence with my wife. And then we made a little bit of money off of that one. And I moved into what I thought was our forever home in Costa Mesa, California, which was like my dream. And as we lived there for a couple of years, literally I drive our newborn daughter in this neighborhood. I'm in my home now. I would drive through this neighborhood to be like, what if, what if one day it's a big neighborhood. So I just drive through and she'd fall asleep, you know? Uh, and sure enough, a couple of years later, between my wife's business and me landing a few more bands we 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 bought here in Newport Beach and now this is hopefully the forever home been here six years <laughs> but yeah to answer your your question more I saved early I I invested in real estate only because I didn't know I I knew I wasn't gonna just like try the stock market I didn't know anything but I knew in California prices just go up that's it yeah. you know so if I can go here and put my money in this. I just considered it a different savings account. You know, my mortgage was like 2,300 bucks a month. And while I was spending that, like it was better than renting for seven at the time. These numbers are all quadrupled by now, by the way, obviously. But it was better than spending like 1,700 bucks for an apartment uh, and throwing it away. That's how I thought of it. And, and that's how my brain always worked up until extremely recently. I bought the the next houses I just bought because I didn't want to have a payment. I couldn't imagine like, I just thought, as long as I own my house outright and I own my car outright, what could happen? I could work at Taco Bell and afford the electric bill, you know? Oh, gosh. Uh, and and get good food. Yeah. Exactly. Enough to do jujitsu. Uh, exactly. I don't yeah. <laughs> That's just always been how I came up. I wanted to own everything. And only until 
we had, you know, the exit with the Weiss company. We had to be like, okay, I can't just like keep buying houses in cash. You know, it's a little silly. So we are now fully diversified into a portfolio situation with them, uh, which is it's still weird. It's still weird to like look at my phone and be like, huh, I've lost a shitload of money. Or, you know, huh, I made a shitload of money. Like that's, it's, it's, I had to totally retrain my brain because for me, it was one for one. If I had a dollar, it's my dollar and there's my dollar. And now it's like, yeah, you lost all that money, but who cares? You don't need it. It's the same thing with like the value of your house, right? My, my house is worth $10 million. Okay. Are you selling your house? Then it doesn't matter. Right. So, uh, that's just how I had to retrain my brain in terms of like, oh, I can, I guess now I don't have to own it outright. I can, as much as it pains me, have a mortgage on it, you know, or take cash out of one of my other houses and have like a very small interest rate on it monthly, which again, it still pains me to this day. I'd rather just own everything, but it does make more sense to have it out in the market, uh, diversified, getting more than more gains. It seems. That is amazing. And and it's funny, Biggie, because I felt the same way you did. I know we're going back like 15 minutes, but the same exact feeling those first three months of COVID, because I'm a dentist by trade and it was, it was like the best time of my life. Cause I, <laughs> I, I, I was stuck at home yeah. and like, I'm high energy. Matt knows that. I think it's with the name, the biggie and the Iggy. So you yeah, probably dude. know it too. And, <laughs> the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> so the eggs. It was, it was wonderful. It was yeah. absolutely wonderful. So I totally get it. And, and it's, it's amazing what you've done with it. it. It's just absolutely incredible. So Talk about, talk about, cause we haven't talked about your family at all. And, you know, talk about your typical day. I'm sure every day is different, but your typical, you know, morning, like you do morning routine, you take your door, it's two daughters you have. Yeah. Two daughters, yeah. June and Lily. Yeah. Uh, I have a very, very, very incredible wife. Like pretty, I mean, honestly, undeserving. She's like a saint. She's perfect. So she does the vast majority. I'm not going to lie. She does a lot. I'm always here. Like I'm ready to go. If she does say you got to do X, Y, Z, I'm like, yes, sir. You got it. You know? So, but typical day is she gets up with them and does their like breakfast and lunch routine, gets them all ready. You know, I'll be, I'll be yelling, hey, your teeth brushed, you know, <laughs> making sure I'm, I'm doing my thing. I take them to school. It's like, that's like my job. And I love it. I actually take them one by one. So it's not like, I mean, it's very close, but I like have a few minutes alone with each one, walking them up, you know, it's like kind of a, a, a crucial part of the day. Um, so big help, big help with the wife. Uh, the next couple hours I'm doing my workout, you know, it's usually cardio with some weights and some recovery. And then it's lunchtime. It's, it's pretty sad how you say every day is not, not that similar. Mine's very similar. Yeah. And I love it. Uh, what do you do for recovery? Is that the sauna and, and then the ice yeah. bath? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So sauna is like, as you probably know, like ice baths are worse. It's, it's brutal. So I, love I, it. I would always no. prefer the sauna. Like I'd rather sit in the sauna for 30 minutes than three minutes in the ice. So I do a lot of sauna. And then I like muster up the strength. I know times. of no one that I know a ton of people that have done ice baths and stuff. And I, I, I take a cold shower every day and I know no one that enjoys it. No. You know, if nobody. But the feeling afterwards, I love yeah. Yes. If they're saying I enjoy the three minutes in there. They're just mm-hmm. a lot. Like, no, they're full of shit. I enjoy. It. I, I, I've, and again, my cold shower. It, it's I hate it. I do. I have to psych myself up to do it, and I like scream and yell and sing the, the whole time that's going on. You know, <laughs> like, Whoa! 
like that the whole time. And then uh, after I feel after I get out, I feel fantastic. You yeah. know, yes, so that's why I do it. But yeah, like you said, it's 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 hell. It really, you know, yep. yeah. yeah. It's it's it feels like a slow death. It really does. You right. know, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it, it's recovery time in the lunch, and you know, luckily or interestingly, I guess the vast majority of my friends are either self-employed or some sort of non-typical nine to five situation. And even if they are nine to five, they're in a cool department where they work from home or, or, you know, higher up and they can kind of dictate when dictate their schedule. So we have like a decent lunch crew every day. 40 that is cool. Eating lunch of like talking home renovations, talking investments, talking family, of course, talking jujitsu, talking everything. And it's like a crucial part of my day that I've done forever. And I'm always wondering when we're going to stop. I hope we never do. But yeah, noon, I meet with my boys almost every day for lunch. Uh, and then by the time we're done with lunch, it's about time to start getting ready for jujitsu, which is like, interestingly, my jujitsu spot is we do it at like 2 to 4 p.m., which is a extremely unconventional time to do it. Yeah. So doing jujitsu elsewhere, it's usually early morning, which is locked down for kids or evening, which is locked down for kids. So I've cultivated this day where I get to do everything I want in these hours where I normally wouldn't see my kids. So it's not taking away from my family because what I didn't want is to, because I will, I'll just obsess and go into jujitsu world like I'm an athlete or something. So I'm glad I can get all my training out of the way. And then I, by the time I'm done, one's out of preschool, the other one's out of the Y and we meet up for dinner. We should go out every, almost every night and do some sort of activity, whether it's go to a park, walk up an outdoor mall or go to a Dave and Buster's, whatever, some, something fun to get some energy out and, you know, do the stuff I couldn't do as a kid. Cause I'm raised by a single mom that was get to school. I get home. She's a zombie cooks food, <laughs> helps as much as she can with homework and bedtime. See you later. You know? So try to spend a lot of time, uh, active time with the kids. And by the time that's done, dinner and activity's done, it's time to start bedtime. And then, you know, at night with the, with the wife and start all over again. The, the circle. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Um, it seems like you've got a great, you, you, and it seems like you've got a great little circuit going during your day and you love it. And it could be like Groundhog's Day, like every day you could get up into the same, yeah. same, same 24 hours, little, little 24 hour slice of heaven every day. Right. Um, do you big, you want to keep this going for as long as you can, or do you want to grow and expand somewhere else? And if so, where is that? Yeah. So. It's interesting because I, I, I say I'm retired, but I'm not signing a contract, you know? So mm-hmm. right now, if you say, Oh, what do you want to do? It's like, I don't work in music. I know that I've done all the avenues. I don't, <laughs> want to do uh, I don't want to work in service of any kind. Really. I love real estate, which is, it's kind of a catch 22 because once the home is bought and or built and or decorated, I want, I'm like, now nah, like, Hire a property manager. I don't want to think about it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want, I definitely don't want to deal with, can we have a boutique hotel in the desert? I don't want, I don't want to talk to a guest. I couldn't, couldn't tell you how little I want to talk to a hotel guest. You know, I couldn't tell you how not exciting it sounds to deal with when an AC goes out or the pool guy needs to come or whatever. Um, so as of right now, I'm loving the Monday through Friday kind of, kind of Groundhog's Day that, that I've cultivated. And then we try to leave on the weekends, you know, whether it's we have a cabin in Idlewild, California, which is a couple hours from the coast. Um, 
and we have a house in the desert, another couple of Palm Springs area, another couple hours from the coast. So two hour little, totally different vibe. You know, we're going to Idaho this weekend. It's like full on fall there, like crisp leaves, like could have some snow, who knows? Whereas Orange County, California, the 70 degrees, no matter what, you know? So it's same thing in the summers or uh, off times in the, in the desert. You know, we'll leave here 70 degrees, get to the desert 110. And I'm doing what I call death hikes out there, just punishing myself, you know? So kind of do Groundhog Day as long as I can. I could see more real estate happening, whether that's um, rentals or or just investments or, or what. I, again, I don't have like the, the real estate model of buying a lot of houses, having a lot of uh, occupants. I don't love that either. I'm, I'm loving the short-term rental thing. It's really fun. I kind of make it more because then I get, I like to uh, I'm big on design and interior design and stuff. I get to like put my stamp on it, you know, decorate it how I want. And I don't know. I, that that's fun for me. Uh, but we'll see. You you never know. Who knows what comes up in terms of like some new you know, business world. You're open. You're loving Groundhog Day, but you're open for more, right? I, I can't I can't see. I can't see it happening within ten years, though. That's for sure. Maybe when my kids like are both teenagers and they're sick of me, um, but, <laughs> they're but, never going to be sick of you. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're a great dad. You're a great dad. We'll see. Yeah, I, my mom's a great mom. There's a time I was sick of her too, so you never know. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I just I'm mentally preparing myself now that like they don't really hate you. They're just sick of me. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. For for now, I, like I'm more open-ended than I've ever been. And I like love it. I'm so scheduled. It used to be, I mean, I'm scheduled now. Don't get me wrong. But it used to be like sickening how scheduled I was. So now, like someone being like, like just the other week, someone's like, oh, did you see that big tournament in Vegas, World Series of Poker? It's got that event that you love. You should go do it. And it was like Tuesday and the event was Thursday. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I jumped in my van. Like didn't have a place to stay. I'm like, worst case, I'll sleep in my van. Don't worry about it. Like, I love that, being able to do stuff like that. Or, you, you played know, World Series of Poker? Yeah. Let How'd, it you hold them. How'd you do? I got to day two. So, pretty good. Pretty good. That's good. I, That's not in the money, I, though. That's not, no, in, the not money. in the money. I outlasted a bunch of pros. We got to play with a bunch of pros. I was on their blogs because they were filming and stuff. So, for me, it was, like, absolutely amazing. Super fun. Are people, you know, like, are people, like, cause I, played my, I played a little bit of poker myself in AC. I placed in the money a few times in Atlantic City uh-huh. before, just, like, lower-end tournaments and stuff. And at most tournaments that I play in, most people are assholes. Yeah, right? no, this is On the this table. Cool. Just, mo- are people know, at the World no Series of Poker, or are they assholes, too? Were you playing No Limit Hold'em? Yeah, tournament. Right. I, I only, I don't like, I don't like playing cash games i like right. playing tournament poker okay. i'm typically the opposite i like to play cash if someone beats me i'll go right back in and beat him i'm gonna go get my money back right exactly but I play <laughs> and not to go down a, a poker wormhole no that right. let's go you know, at any time you can wager all your money yes at any time that's 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 the exciting of it. that's what people like yeah. to watch i play limit which is kind of an older game where you can only bet very specific amounts so at no point can you lose your whole stack or win someone else's whole stack? But what it also creates is an environment of you don't bet $42 and someone stares into your soul and tries to see what, you know, it's like, dude, it is what it is. It's the same amount. You're not going to get a read. You're going to raise me. You're going to fold. You're going to raise me the same amount you bet. You know, there's, it's a lot more like uh, mathematics and like go, go, go kind of stuff. Yeah. So like, I think it's a more difficult game. Uh, it I played it. Uh, I, I, I played but that vibe. It was what I was getting at. Like the vibe of the poker table is a lot more like chitty chatty instead of like yeah. sunglasses, hoodie, like 
don't, I don't want to give any tells. There are, there's not a ton of tells. Well, yeah, that you bring in, you take out the element of intimidation, which exactly. goes all the way back to Jits, right? Yeah. Is that like you take the bully element out because yeah. if, you know, if you were for playing No Limit and you bet it, make a $10 bet and I see your short stacked, I'll go throw a thousand out there because I know you can't call that bet. And I, and I know you, yeah. like, you're not going to want to go all in with your mediocre hand, you yeah. know, with ace 10 offsuit, you're not going to want to go all in. Right. So I'm going to win the hand just because I can throw my weight around. Right. Yeah. Um, and that, that I, I agree with you. I still like the tournament thing just because it's got like, you start at a level playing field. That's why I like tournament tournament poker because everybody starts here. Right. It's a, it's also has a beginning, middle and an end. There's a different yep. strategy for tournaments and stuff, but you do have the bull, the bully element comes in to, sure. um, uh, to tournament poker. So, but you played World Series Poker. That's a tournament, right? Yep. So yeah, it, was, it was limit since everyone's out there. It's the smaller fields, only 100 people. So like it was a 10k buy-in. So you know, kind of weeds out some some people. Uh, but it's also a shallow event, as they say. Not a lot of people. So if you're going for a bracelet, which those pros really care about, those World Series bracelets. Oh man. Um, you only got to beat 90 some people instead of freaking thousands in the main event or the other whatever so oh, this is the there. limit game this was a yeah. limit tournament okay yeah, okay i've actually never played in that i've never yeah. played i've never played in a tournament that's uh yeah i mean I, everyone was there all the new hustlers are there phil helma dan uh daniel Granu, mike the mouth madisau like eric slidell all these like old school names were there and i'm just like i mean i'm not trying to be a nerd or anything but this is cool like i just beat the animal <laughs> ground in the pot that's not happening unless it's limit hold them you know what i mean <laughs> yeah that's, that's great. That's yeah. great. No, that's that's actually a bucket list of mine is to play in the World Series of Poker. Yeah. Um, and that. And and I, you know, there's no reason why I can't do it now. It's just I just have not made the time for it. So uh right. so I was I, I was uh that that was a rabbit hole I wanted to walk down when you mentioned like, ooh, poker. You know? Yeah, yeah, I love <laughs> poker. We play it play cash around here, tons tons of cash limit, hold them around here. But the the series I played once a few years ago, I got to day two. Oh, very similar. Uh day two, like kind of deep into day two. And it just starts, those blinds get up and the time starts going fast. And it's like, you don't get a hand, it's done. It is what it is. Yeah. You know? A couple of bad beats and, or not even bad beats, a couple of just beats or draws that don't come, like just goes fast, you know? But very fun, yeah. very fun game for your brain. I love, I love well, poker. I, I, I found that it's hard to, you got to stay focused. And I, I suppose like jujitsu, right? that you cannot let your mind wander. If you do, right. you're going to, you know, get knocked out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. um, you, you've got to pay attention every hand, every hand. And, and uh, you can be chatty and stuff, but but poker causes you to be present to the game. And and I think that's why people wear the headphones and the whole thing sure. is because you got to do something to keep the brain moving because it's very, it's very hard to stay in the game that long. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I go, I'm more more social for me. I'm not like trying to make my living. I'm extremely competitive, so I definitely hate losing. But I'm not there being like, gotta stay focused. You know what I mean? I'm more a yeah, little, a little chattier. There to hang. I'll get a massage, grab a meal. You know, <laughs> oh, they, yeah. have they have masseuses right there. They do. Yeah, at the table. Oh, they got they got them to work the room, Maggie, while you're while you're. Oh, like, I I'd be out round one. Yeah. yeah, I'd be like, right here, right here. Listen me up. You'd be in the room for the massage. Yes. Like, yeah. hey, could you work the, my, my upper trap is the way to here? Because it's a dollar a minute and you're like, okay, in real world, maybe that's like some money, but I'm here with all these chips and like 
So if I get a hundred minutes, I can just give you this one chip. Like that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'll just be like, go, just keep going. Like I get them for so long. They like laugh. They'll, they'll see me and they'll like come up and be like, Oh, like stretch out their hands and just know that they're, they're going to be there for a while. Like, right, right, right. Oh. <laughs> that's great. Well, well, this has been uh, this has been awesome, Biggie. Uh, Doctor Biggie, Doctor Iggy. Anyway, it gets confusing to say that back and I know, forth. It's right? very hard for me. I'm having, but it's okay. But I'm enjoying this. Uh, Doctor Iggy, you got anywhere else you want to go, or what? What do you think? What do you think? I think this has been an awesome conversation. Uh, this has been amazing. I mean, we went from poker to health to uh, what well, we started jiu-jitsu, with jujitsu, jujitsu, and family throwing sand in people's mouths. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much the summary of my life. Everything you just said. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Sorry, I did all the talking, you know. Uh, no, that's what we want. We want yeah. that. That's why you're here, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we gotta we gotta gonna change it up on you one last time, um, Biggie, and that and that is that uh we're gonna take you through the final exam, which are our four uh, our, not four, a group of questions that we ask every guest at the end of our show. Um just some speed round questions if you don't mind. We'll have a lot of fun together. Um you ready? Let's do it. You ready to get finally examined? He always, no, he when he says, uh, are you ready? He's actually talking to me if I had the questions ready. I'll whisper him to you. Ready. I'll whisper him to you if you don't. It's okay. Uh, all right. First one. What book or film changed your life? I am, I am such a not reader that we're going film for sure. Movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw a movie out there. Man, I shouldn't even say that. There's a couple of books I've read. My my mentor, Paul Conroy, always says, you got to read this one. And I always buy them. And they just sit there, these nice stacks. But uh, <laughs> man, I'm just going to go with my favorite. I don't know. It, it changed my life maybe, but Stand By Me is my favorite movie. Oh, good movie. It's that uh, coming of age. Yes. Group of kids, a little rough around the edges, but overall good. Some of them with some rougher upbringings, all going through some shit on an adventure together. Just great. You can watch yeah. it anytime from any point, you know, deals with everything, like from girl, friendship, uh, crushes, parent issues, bully stuff, you know. Yeah, uh, girls, yeah, yeah. Uh, manhood. It's like crucial movie. Crucial yeah, movie. yeah, no, it's a phenomenal movie. Whole thing. It's got a great soundtrack. If you want to listen to that, it takes you right, right to that, like, era, you know. It's great. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. Oh, cool. Thank you. So I'm going to adjust this next question for you, but what's one healthy habit you wish more of your friends did? Uh, exercise. My God. All I want is people to move their body so bad. It's all I want. Like, for how like, long? For how long? Do you, I mean, like, cause you're doing crackalacky, like rolling around on the ground for two hours yeah, a day. Exercise. I understand. I, I mean, this Christmas will be my two year anniversary of zero days off. So that'll be 700 days in a row. Wow. Not a jujitsu, some sort of, then I don't mean like you consider no. your sauna cold as a, a uh, exercise day, or no. is that no? That's not even exercise for you. No, that's that's recovery. That's earned after exercise. <laughs> Holy that cow! Is, yeah. Uh, so yeah. What, what do you very, consider very exercise? Important. What What are you calling exercise for yourself and for what you wish people did? Because for me, oh. it's at least twenty minutes. I have to break a sweat. That's an exercise. Exactly. Perfect. That's all I want people to do. Perfect. For me, bare bare minimum is a 45 minute cardio rip and a recovery, whether it's into a ice bath or into a sauna. So like bare minimum would be 45 minute uh, cardio, 20 minute sauna. So hour five minutes is like my bare, bare, bare minimum. If I don't touch a muscle group, if I don't 
you know, do other stuff later if I don't do jujitsu, whatever. Um, so I understand my average of an hour in the day for cardio and recovery, and then probably another 45 minutes of some sort of lift-ish situation plus an hour or two of jiu-jitsu. I understand that's excessive. I don't expect anyone to do that. Uh, nor you probably should. I'll probably be a cripple soon. But for <laughs> I don't everyone, so. for everyone, if you're not working out 30 minutes a day, it's just like, I, I want, I just, and I'm sorry if it's you guys, I want to just shake you by the shoulders. And it's just like, you have to, you must for every reason. Like, and, and, and there's the excuse if you don't have time, I don't buy it. I'm not hearing it. So that's bullshit. 30 minutes, you have the time. The way I can, the way I do it is I consider it like food or sleep. No matter how much time you had, you had time to eat. No matter how much time you had, you had time to sleep. It's the same thing. You have time to take the phone call while you're walking. Take whatever you have to do. Move. Just move. That's There's no excuse to not There's get I mean, no, especially the 45 minutes, but to get even just 20 yes. minutes in or a half an hour, in, whatever. You can yeah. you can YouTube 20 minute body workout. Go. It'll wreck you. If you don't work out, 20 minute body workout will destroy your day. There's yeah. hit, uh, there's some stuff I've done that are like hit workouts on YouTube where they kick it. But the snot out of you in a half. Never gets easier, you know. It's all body weight stuff too. Yeah. All body it weight exercises. Yeah. So, so well, I, six minutes in the ring with you, or it's not yeah. a ring, the mat. I mean, that's that's beyond. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, that'll. I, I'm that annoying friend that tries to, you know, get you to move. Um, you know, just hey, just just go. You know, and I'll check in if someone if someone writes me, be careful. You write me saying like. I want to lose a few pounds, like da da da. It's like, well, then you're you're on the program now. I'm checking in. You know, I'm sending. <laughs> I you challenge. I'm challenging one of our listeners to write to Biggie. He's gonna give you his contact information. Yeah, in hit here. me up. Yeah. Hit me up. I'll, I'll stay on you. You know, I'll send you my sweaty treadmill after. I'll send you my ring out shirt video. All the annoying things people do on Instagram. I'll be that guy, just to keep, make sure you're moving. He's prepared for a butt kicking for who wants it. All right, next question. What one wealth tip do you wish you had learned earlier in life? Hmm. Wealth tip. I've always been a saver. So, I mean, that's my that's my biggest, just to start saving now, whatever you got to do, you know? No, for you, what what wealth tip do you wish that you had picked up? I got saved. Oh, easy I you. wish I did. Yeah, I wish I diversified earlier, for sure. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I was less... Uh, all my money in my home, I, you know, like like I kind of touched on. I was so like, yeah. worst case scenario, I have a home and a car. What, what can happen? And it worked out for me. That's great. Um, but if I was uh, coming into money in less volume or or less bigger chunks, smaller chunks or whatever, I, I would be, I would I would be trying to get into everything, stocks, bonds, dividends, real estate, now crypto, whatever you can, whatever you can learn and get into. I, I personally don't know enough about it. So I definitely so get in the game. Like you, game. you feel like you got in the, you got in the game a little later. You would have gotten right. in the game earlier than you did. That's all I think about. It's like, oh, if, I, if just percentage wise, it doesn't matter the number, the percentage I'm making, if I'd be making that percentage or even a little less, you know, granted the last couple of years have been pretty good, even with COVID. Um, it, 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 it's, it's pretty crazy to know where I would be just percentage wise, you know? And I know it's hard for, a lot of people to save. So that's why I always, that's, that's just my number one. Just start saving. No matter if you're 16 and you're listening to start saving. <laughs> it's your, life comes quick. None of us thought we'd be forties and whatever we are. No, never thought like, that, man. You know, never thought we're 40s. exactly. And, and if you don't have, if you don't start saving retirement, just going to be a fantasy forever. And retirement's sick. So I recommend it. 
<laughs> <laughs> what do you do for fun? That's our next question. That's the sad part. Is I like for me, jujitsu and and working out is fun. You know, it really yeah. is. Getting outside is fun. Hikes. That's the thing. It, it always ends up back to something physical. I love mountain biking. I love hiking. I love you know walking with my family. We live by this beautiful little beach walk that. When we're all just sitting around, it's like, what should we do? And I'm just like, we can go for a walk. You yeah. know? I just want to walk. We'll take a ball. We'll be kicking the ball while we're going, throwing the ball, just running around, hit the beach. You know, outside is for fun. Being with my friends and family is for fun. Love watching movies for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it, it used to be like a successful tour rollout, a successful album drop. Like that was like my, and now, you know, it's more my recreation stuff you know we're going out of water i know i'm gonna be mountain biking it's gonna be fall and all the leaves are gonna be on the trail it's gonna be beautiful you know that's like i'm looking forward to that on saturday you know nice so simple where do you you see yourself in five years i know we went there a little bit but where do you see yourself in five years from now uh maybe a slice of something you haven't talked about yet Hmm. doing a lot of the same but and by then I'll have a 13 year old. So maybe I'll be more involved in whatever sport she's into mm-hmm. the sport. Um, I feel like we'll be traveling more. Um, as the kids get, we travel kind of a lot and we realize that like, they don't even remember it. You know, it's like so frustrating. It's like, we had these amazing trips. We don't even remember. So I feel like once they're in that, like uh, 10 and 13 age range, I want to take them on some nice, like summer trips and, and you know, really travel see some stuff i've seen a lot but i still haven't seen a lot you know um i don't know man i hate to be that guy but i really enjoy my life right now i hope to be doing what i'm doing still so it's still so new you know, no, i, I gotta tell you almost every one of our guests have given that answer yeah uh, i want because it's, it's not like dr iggy and i interview like people that are just not living their best life most people we brought on in the show are living some semblance of their best life and so the answer to that question almost every time is I want to do more of what I'm doing now, yeah. um, which is inspiring. It, 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 it's, it's, a, it's like a spot check and it's almost like a trick question, you know, than um, that. But thank you for, for your honesty. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. Just more, more time with the kids. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully continue to continue. More fun. Yeah. They're just, they're the best. My wife's amazing. Um, you know, I got a small little family, immediate family, my grandma and mom and, you know, her, her parents live further away. So we don't see them as much So spending time with my grandma. She's almost a hundred. My mom's getting up there. So oh. hanging with her. So, you know, valuing, learning that like, it's all, all I've done is read or watch or listen to people say, you know, you get like a 60, 70 year old guy who's retired and it's like, man, I wish I spent more time enjoying my family. I wish I spent more time with my loved ones before they passed away. And mm-hmm. I'm just listening. As simple as that, like I'm gonna hang with my kids and hang with my friends and hang with my family and I'll do it all now. And if I, get bored when I'm 50 and want to do something else. Great. You know, like I said, I didn't sign a contract, but for now, loving what I'm doing, I hope to do it for a lot longer. Yeah. This one's going to be a really interesting one. I'm, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear this, this answer. This one, I'm very, very excited. For. I'm going to write it down. Okay. But right. I, 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 ready? I have a guess. Go ahead. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> Nothing where I ended up. That's for sure. Right. I wanted to be an astronaut. <laughs> well, I, knew, I knew it was going to be something that was totally off course. Yeah, I know. It was, it was like not a professional not in the yeah. Yeah, I mean, like When I was like a kid, I wanted yeah. to be an astronaut. I was obsessed with space. I still yeah. love space. I still fully pay attention to SpaceX stuff. Like, I, I love space is insane. Have you ever yes. 
you're interested in space or not, you could literally Google like interesting space facts and watch a YouTube video and just have your mind actually blown. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's I, amazing. Uh, I, I, I had you pegged as one to be a pro, uh, uh, pro uh, skateboarder. I was, I mean, we thought as, the same thing. I passed, once, I mean, once I realized like how slim like, <laughs> the possibility of being an astronaut was, yeah. uh, I did. I focused my, my whole life from 10 to 18. I mean, it was 60 hours a week skateboarding. Like it was, oh, wow. as soon as I got out of school, all day, every day, I would leave my house in the morning, Saturday, get home Sunday at night. Just like, that was all I did. So like, you are right. That was like my focus was skateboarding. Although it was never to be like pro in terms of like, because I didn't know what that meant, really. The, the pros I knew, like, were still just, like, barely getting by. You know what yeah. I mean? They were, like, free boards. Well, we're all, like, Tony Hawk generation. Remember Tony right. Hawk? You know? I mean, he was a he was crazy, man. And, like, a lot of my friends were, like, wanted to be Tony Hawk. They were reading Thrasher magazine. Remember Thrasher? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My goals were to be, like, more, like, sponsored. I wanted free stuff, you know? Yeah. So, like... Yeah. I got, yeah. I got like on the flow team from Vans, which means you weren't, you weren't good enough to be sponsored, but you're like, hey, here's some stuff, wear our stuff. And I, I was just like, I don't have shoes anymore. I destroy shoes so much. It's <laughs> like, I, didn't, I didn't take much to get stuff, you know? So yeah, skateboarding was my life. And then after that, like, I mean, like I said, I hate saying the words financially driven. Like I, I was, I was kind of money obsessed. I wanted to be rich. I wanted to be wealthy. I didn't want to grow up stressing on cash like my family did. And I want to raise kids, not, you know, I'm probably raising little assholes. Who knows? But they're not going to be stressing on what I stressed on. So that was that was a big goal. It's not like a sexy answer. Like it was mostly like that was great. No, that was really good. No, that's yeah. great. That was, that was really cool. Yeah, I thanks. feel like the, the mantra is more like, oh, if you just work hard, the money comes. It's true, but it was also like a plan. It was like I had a goal, a number of goal at this time at this age, and a number of goal. And like like jujitsu with belts and stuff. It's like I need to set a goal and hit the goal. Set a goal and hit the goal. Whether it's a house in a neighborhood. Money in the bank, a, a belt in jiu-jitsu, a trick on a skateboard. That's just how I've always been, you know? And that's good or bad. Awesome. It's definitely screwed me in some ways where I just like, I'll set some stupid goal. Here's a great one. On the stupid Peloton bike, which I love. I ride it every day. I'm like, I'm going to ride a thousand miles in a month. I'm going to ride a thousand miles in a month. And it's like, well, I just said that on the first of the month. If I don't do that, it's totally okay. Life will go on. You don't need to pack your Peloton in the van and bring it to the Idlewild house so you don't miss a day of riding when you're up in the mountain. You don't need to be that psycho. You know, yeah. you don't need to be there on the night of the 31st getting your last 40 miles in just to be like, I rode a thousand miles in a, in a month. It's like, okay, now what, you know? So for better or for worse, if I set a goal or uh, uh, I say I'm going to do something, it's probably going to happen. No. Now, last one, what is one bucket, speaking of saying you want to do things, what is one bucket list item you have not yet accomplished? Oh, man. I mean, black belt will always be there uh, for jiu-jitsu, but that's going to happen because I'm not going to stop till it does. Um, black belt jiu-jitsu, travel, like big time travel with, with the wife. I feel like when the kids are older, I want to do like some some pretty serious, longer world traveling stuff with her uh because she's done a decent amount but not uh not as much as me so um yeah i mean i want my black belt bad i want to raise good kids i want what's one place uh black belt what's one place you want to travel that you'd love to take the kids like like a bucket list trip that you want to do mine's australia mine's australia new zealand with my family what's yours the the problem with 
I've traveled Australia and New Zealand a, t- a ton and I love it. And so selfishly, I want to go some places I haven't gone, you know, because the places you travel on tour are North South America, all Europe and Australia, New Zealand, a little bit, a little bit of Asia. So I need like a lot more Asia. I need to do all of Africa. I need to do Iceland's and places like that, you know, so. Uh, I've, heard lot, I've heard a lot of families that have done Iceland because yeah. it's like, it's, it, believe it or not, it's, it's, I've heard that there's a lot of family friendly activities yeah. to do there. Yeah. That's, that's the big one I want to do. I want to wait till my youngest is a little older to make sure she can do all the stuff, but that's the next, like, we're going to go. It'll be a nice big. There you go. You nice. Know. Go show them the Northern lights and that whole thing. Traveling in jujitsu is how I see myself as I get older. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been awesome. Uh, Biggie. So for those that want to take you up on your health challenge and have you come and kick their butt on Instagram or whatever it is, uh, how do people get a hold of you? If they want to hear more about you, make contact, uh, and whatnot, how do people get a hold of you? Hit me up on Instagram is the easiest. I'm at Biggie XXX. So Biggie, uh, like the rapper, B I double G I E with three X's. And uh, I well, have three X's now. Yeah. Come on now. No, I, 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 uh, straight edge one, not the porno one. Uh, that's the that's that's symbol of straight edge also, it's triple X. Oh, oh it is. is. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But when you were a kid and you couldn't drink and they would put an X on your hand at the club. Oh. Yes. I remember that. that they, t- we, they adopted that symbol and we would emphatically X our hands and three X's straight edge. I see. I love okay. that. Thank you. Yeah. And we didn't get to talking about porn, so I was wondering why, you know, like the three X. Wonder why did the porn no. before we yeah. started? Yeah, I mean, they should get that sometimes. People probably friend you on Instagram. all the time. Like, they the, the it's like, eyebrows, like Biggie Triple X. Like, oh, this guy's, you know, yeah. right? You're like the exact opposite. Never smoking or drinking or doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they oh no, just go catfish. Yeah. Well, uh, Biggie, this has been awesome. Thank you uh, for joining us in the Healthy Wealthy Wise Guys show. And um, uh, check Biggie out on Instagram, guys, at BiggieXXX. And we'll talk to you again soon, man. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. See you guys. Well, that was fun. Uh, Dr. Iggy, what'd you think? Incredible. And and the whole time while I was talking, I'm like, did he say Newport Beach? I was like, this, he, he's not in Newport Beach. There's no way. He does not fit in Newport Beach. And I'm like, wait, everyone fits everywhere. And I'm like, I don't fit in Newport Beach. Like, I was like, Biggie and Iggy, why? I guess I could. For those that don't know, I, I don't know New, Newport Beach. Tell me why. Very conservative. Very, very old money, conservative. Like, like Providence, yeah. Rhode Island and California. Yeah. Right? And it, right. it just, that's that's the ring that you get when you go there. I and mean, we stayed there in a hotel and I didn't, you know, I'm oblivious to all that stuff. But it, it, other people have told us many a times that, and you see, you do see it when you're paying attention. Old money. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, it, it was pretty cool and, and it was neat to see it. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it, it goes to show that anybody can live anywhere, first of all. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, you know, the, the, the guy doing, doing jujitsu with like punk rock posters on his wall, you know, covered in tattoos can can live in Newport Beach and all that. So for those of you guys listening that are telling yourself, well, I can't do this because I wouldn't fit in, you know you're full of shit, right? So just just telling you right now that if you're telling yourself you wouldn't fit in at something, you're full of it because anybody can fit in anywhere, you know? So um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I like the life pivot conversation. I like the whole conversation. I, 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 it almost 
you know, not going to do it, but almost made me want to check out jujitsu because there's a lot of, I kind of do. It's like like what all the cool, it's like what all the the cool kids are doing it these days. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You kind of want to check it out? Yeah. I think we're going to have to. Oh, are we? Oh man. Okay. Yeah. We're going to get our asses beaten. Good. I'll do it. Yeah. Right. We got, I have some like t- tattooed guy beat the crap out of me. It's okay. You know, sorry. No, he says you start at the same level at the same weight class at the age. So it's relatively um, innocent. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> oh, last words. All right. Well, that was a great show, Dr. Iggy. Um, you know, I'm uh, looking forward to having you guys back. I've, I haven't plugged this yet, so I'll say it again here. Check us out at maddeniggy.com if you want to hear more about me and Dr. Iggy and all the cool stuff we're up to. Do you want a mailing list, all that kind of cool stuff? Just go to maddeniggy.com and check us out. Dr. Iggy, that's what I got, man. I'm going to say peace out. He's peace out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else can we say after that? the cool kids are doing. He's right. the cool kids are doing. Peace out. Cool. All right, Dr. Ricky, good being with you. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Guys show with Matt and Dr. Iggy. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you like what we do, please check us out at mattniggy.com. Thanks for listening again and have a great day. 